The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people from Upsetnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you. Your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik and Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik and Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication and consultation. Don't be pushed around. Hi, everybody. Carnival of Randomness again. This is Rob, and I want to come out about my artistic talents and classical training. And I did do a couple paint-by-numbers and color-by-number books. That's the extent of it. And Zach, how about you? I was terrible at paint This by is numbers. why we try to find people who actually have talent <laughs> to be on here. And we were very lucky to find, out in the parking lot today, calling me, uh, Sarah Ada. Thank you for the Ada. pronunciation, Sarah. Yes, you got it. You got it. So that's very good. So just a little bit for the audience about yourself. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, well, my name is Sarah Ada. I'm a pianist, singer-songwriter, composer, um, Record tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other I, uh, special hidden talent which you know mm, about? Special hidden talents. Oh yeah, gosh. Like, can you like lick your elbow or <laughs> No, I uh I don't I don't know. I'm I'm pretty good at whistling and I have a very weird way of whistling. I don't know if it's like a special talent, it's more of like a weird talent, but I whistle from the side of my mouth. It's like really strange. Certainly you could use that yeah. for a song. How well a little bit about <laughs> yourself and everything. How did you come to be did, I always say for anybody who's in some, did you have a moment when you were a child that you saw an instrument or heard music? And said, wow, this is for me. This is really what I love. Um, well, so I grew up actually like this is going to sound strange, but um, my dad was a pastor growing up. So I, and I like literally lived in a church like my church was my home because um, my dad was the pastor. But there was a piano there. Like so. I, it's not really that I was like, oh my gosh, this is for me. It wasn't really like that. It was just there, and I was always playing on it. It's just it was kind of like a very organic thing for me to just um, go and try to play stuff. And then my dad kind of noticed I had a good ear at an early age, so he would. Um, and he's not a professional musician. Actually, he's not really a musician at all. But he also has a really good ear. So we would together, like, at, I mean, as early as like two or three, just try to play stuff on the piano. So that was kind of my start. But I wouldn't say I was like, oh, my God. You know, it was just a very natural thing. Organic. Yeah, oh. Very organic. That's yeah. a place to go to hear music, too, at church. Now, I found, like, a lot of my friends play around here. You go down to church, and they actually they sing, they play. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how. But then you actually went the clip the the work to get classically trained, you mm -hmm. didn't just pick up like the little like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, started my classical training at five, and I'm I'm yeah I'm really grateful to my parents for putting me in that direction because it definitely you know I can read music I can like sight read music and uh, I can play you know things that are I guess more complex and take more technique so it was definitely. Um, very, I think it was it was a good move on my parents. <laughs> did you start off when you started writing? Did you start off like doing 
instrumental or did you start doing yeah. vocals right off the bat? I definitely started writing instrumentally. Actually, the very first thing I started doing was taking classical pieces and changing the arrangement. So, I mean, very like, I mean, it was really baby steps. Like the first thing I can distinctly remember was taking a Beethoven piece and turning it into like a ragtime and showing my piano teacher. And thankfully, she was the kind of, because uh, <laughs> I've heard horror stories, <laughs> she was the kind of uh, teacher who really like, encouraged my creativity which is a little unusual in the classical world to be honest um so but she was like oh okay well let's make sure we can play this piece it was sonata patatique it was not the guy in whiplash it was not that guy no no play it right no exactly (laughs) no she would be like all right well you got to play sonata patatique like correctly but what you're doing is very interesting and cool you know and she she encouraged that so that was kind of my first I've seen that as friends like theater they've taken Shakespeare and for example measure for measure they did it as a speakeasy Mm, and they sung Bye Bye Blackbird and stuff before they (laughs) they did that setting which I thought was very very cool and I suppose you can translate it like that you can keep the meaning but then add a little it's almost like adding a little jazz feel to it in a weird way because because you're improvising a little but you're keeping the same piece Right. I mean, this is, you know, hundreds, I was going to say thousands. No, it was not the Flintstones. It's like hundreds of years old. <laughs> you know, things, Some one person takes it, another person yeah. takes it. And I think you always bring something of yourself. Maybe at the beginning, okay, I'm learning this. But then once you start, you put a little of your own feeling into it, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I've kind of always looked at genres more like clothing than, like, separate entities. And songs being more of, like, the actual core of what it is, you know? So for me, it was, at a very early age, I was kind of like, oh, you can change this and kind of dress it up in a different way, but it's still at its core, like, the same thing, but you're just kind of dressing it yeah, up. Yeah, the only thing way. I ever learned was pictures in an exhibition by Masa Gorski. Oh, it was, yeah. like, the one finger <laughs> thing. I know, but isn't it isn't it amazing? Such a, like, beautiful, moving song. It's, and then you it's keep, actually so then simple. Then you hear it again and again, like, wow, I actually tried to play that. Yeah. Not half bad, and a few people knew what it was. Yeah. But then how yeah. did you go off? Did you make that leap a little into doing some pop as well um, um just for I, you know popular music whatever well genre and everything. okay so for me it was really again it was all very organic um at a pretty early age i started playing piano for church because the church pianist moved to a different state so my i think i was like eight or eight, around eight years old and my parents were like uh well we do have this pianist right here living in our house so <laughs> they asked uh, my piano teacher to kind of show me how to play um, chords because that was like primarily the music that we had was just sort of chords with lyrics underneath it. So she taught me how to do that. And that was like, I think a very defining moment for me because it just right there, you know, again, it wasn't like I was writing songs, but there then already I'm just improvising. Like I'm instantly having to improvise uh, and play kind of what comes to mind when I see these chords and what's going to fit And you were sort song. of comfortable playing because you were playing in church then. Yeah, and it was and... my family <laughs> and, like, you know, it was a very small church. And I definitely had no concept of, like, oh, my gosh, I'm playing for people. I never felt that way. Um, so, and then, you know, I'd, I'd also play classical competitions, but then I'd also um, start playing for the, the chorus or the choir. Uh, no, I think we, it was called a chorus. I don't remember anymore. Um, but for like middle school and high school, and I played in the or- for the orchestra, and I played for musical theater. That was pretty defining too when I started to play for the musical theater um, in high school. And uh, 
Yeah, and the pop and stuff, I don't know. That never that was kind of like much later on that I started to do that. But I did have this um the the church that we lived in, you know, many people had lived there through the years. So there were these really old from the seventies, like books of piano music. Well, it was actually like 70s pop music written for piano, I guess. And I had never heard these songs before. It was like Billy Joel and the Beatles and like all kinds of stuff. And I just kind of like was like, oh, this is interesting. And it's sort of like if you find a book and you just start to read it. Yeah. It's like exactly what I did. I just was like, what's I, this? And I, I started to read it. I picture in my it. head because I had the Beatles one. Uh-huh. I could picture yeah. that. And I remember you said, you can explain this, you said you were over the Beatles a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not over their songs, but like, I mean, I'm probably going to get hate mail or something for saying this, but. No, we get um, enough. Don't worry about it. It'll get lost <laughs> in the shuffle. You oh, know, the I was like, but I would say between the ages of like 15 and 17, I was just, that was my favorite band. And I just listened to every Beatles album and the white album in particular was just on repeat. I would just like lay in my bed and listen to it over and over and over again. And I was just totally obsessed. And I learned a lot of the music, how to play and how to sing it. Um, and I still think it's some of the greatest songs ever written, a lot of that stuff. But, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I don't know why, but I'm a little over I had a pilgrimage, too, when my friends went to Toronto. I had to get the White Album because the exchange rate was cheaper. Oh. And that was beautiful. And the other thing is you did a very good version of In My Life, though. Oh, thank you. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, I love, I do, like, those songs have not gotten old to me. Um, but it's kind of like what I was saying, like, for me, genres are just clothing. So I just, I might be tired of the clothing, but I, you just put some other clothes on it and then you're like, oh my God, this is so fresh and new. That's what I mean, because Zach, I mean, you described, you can't really describe your genre. No, I was listening to some of your stuff and then it's like, it's like, okay, we got this. And then it's like, this almost sounds a little country. <laughs> and then it's like, but she's a really talented pianist. It's like, what? Well, country, wait, like, hold on now. It's uh, not like country well, and piano are. No, uh, no, but two it's separate just, things. No, but it's just like it, you you switch so often between mm -hmm. songs, and it's like, yeah. what are you? To put it bluntly, what, well, what would I'm you call I'm hoping other people can just tell me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of funny because I feel like people who like are truly country nerds would be like, she's absolutely not country, and people who are like really jazz listeners would be like, she's absolutely not jazz. And so maybe you're the anti-genre. Well, maybe I'm the anti-genre. I think <clears throat> I think what I am is I'm a singer-songwriter that has a lot of influences, and you can tell. Yeah, and, yeah. And all the different and you know stuff you can I play with somebody. Well, you can say. Well, if you're going to go see Sarah, she sounds like Tori Amos, so they'll come out. She oh, sounds she... like Tori Amos because you said it. You can hear it, but you can hear yeah. that and know she sounds like so-and-so. But then people who love Tori Amos would be like, nah, she doesn't sound like Tori Amos. But it's funny because Tori Amos is, the thing is, like, growing up, Tori Amos and Ben Folds were, like, hugely influential to me. And I learned all, like, not all their music, but a lot of their music I learned how to play. But they're, even those two people, they're so different musically mm. from each other. Um, and I think there are some songs that definitely have that Ben Folds vibe, and then some have the Tori Amos. Oh, we were all like know. all those comic book people were all like the Ben Folds Live album. We were all really big. <laughs> oh into yeah. That. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and all that thing with his piano. I think there was one tour just called Ben Folds and his piano. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think like um, 
I don't know. I guess uh, I'm not saying I sound like this person either, to be honest. But and I have heard every like everything you can imagine. But um, I kind of feel a little bit akin to Randy Newman, I guess, because he uh, the he, ultimate musical chameleon. <laughs> yeah, because he is a chameleon. Um, and he, like, I studied film scoring, and I've written for um various types of media, including film. And that's what he does. And he's also a songwriter. And he's definitely, like, he's definitely a little more towards, I don't know, like the New Orleans jazz kind of thing. Oh, is a yes. little more of his taste. Um, but even I have stuff kind of like that, too. And I don't know. I guess, like, I feel like maybe I'm a little like him. But he's way more quirky than I am. You know, I if you're am, listening so. to this, you see Sarah play tabulate it, tell her of me, and we'll tabulate who you sound like at the end of the year. Yeah, we'll yeah. announce the award. <laughs> yeah, who does Sarah sound like? I don't know. Like, lately, some a few people have started to say I sound like Mary um, Chapin Carpenter. I have not listened to I've, her. I've never listened no, to her either, did you, actually. Did you like but... it? Was she good? Good, that's all. <laughs> no, I know. And then some people are like, oh, you sound like uh, Joni Mitchell. I feel like people... And the thing is, I can see what people are saying, like, oh, you think I sound like Joni Mitchell because I I do my range um, in a lot of my songs goes from very low to very high. So, like, that's probably And also, why I you think, think it's that, where people you know? come from, their background, where if they're yeah. big fans, they're going to put that into yeah. everything. But you, yeah. one thing to get into, you've talked about playing with a lot of media, done a different lot of things. Mm-hmm. I know you did, was it anime? What is it? Video? I, I, it's like something <laughs> versus animation? or Yeah, I, animator versus... Animator. Actually, I think it's animation versus animator or it, the it other way around. I should like know. Because but, but, yeah. there was like Minecraft stuff in there yep. and it's like, this is... What is what's yeah. different? Like doing but things I, for that. <laughs> we'll say that one more time? Just what's that like doing things for like... Yeah. It's... um. It's very, very, very different. I mean, it's kind of like more like a job, I guess you could say. And it's not to say that I don't enjoy it, but um, it's a job in the sense that the the director, in this case the animator, he had a very specific idea. I mean, really specific. And this is typical for for film, um, where they even have music already in mind, but they can't license that music. So they're like, we want you to sound like this. Can you, like, do something like that? Now, is that difficult for you as an artist when when you go in and, like, you have all these things in place? Like, this is Mm -hmm. what we want. Because I know that musicians and artists of all kind really thrive under the... Do, do yeah, whatever so you feel Sarah, like. We want to get WKRP Cincinnati on DVD. We don't have the rights. You just do a couple seventy yeah, things. Yeah, for exactly. A it, it's got to be a little difficult to at first. Um, actually, not not so much. But that's because like. You know, I went to school for it, so I was already, like, I already knew that that's kind of what I was getting into. And I think just knowing, having, okay, first of all, you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people would struggle with it and not not um, be able to do it because because it's very, it is very confined. But I think for me, like, I just have a very different frame of mind. Um, I'm super excited when they give me freedom because sometimes, like, I did work with this one um, game developer and he gave me total freedom. And that was really really awesome but uh no it's just kind of like how it's just how the job is and luckily i am someone who does appreciate different genres and i like to write in different genres and if i don't know a certain genre it is kind of cool to like now be challenged with all right i have to write something that's similar and evokes you know what this person likes i always use the story i saw cliff eberhardt at a house concert that he played with richie havens the folk singer and he tells the story he's like oh by the way you that burger king commercial Mm -hmm. that's my jingle 
oh, did you this Chrysler? That's my jingle. Mm-hmm. And some of my friends would come up and say, hey, Cliff, you're a po- folk singer. He goes, yes, I'm a folk singer. I'm a folk singer who owns my own house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. it's, well, it's Artistic sad, integrity <laughs> can only take you so far until you get hungry. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, and I don't know. I guess, like, in a way... I'm okay with it because that music that I wrote, for example, for um, animation versus animator and animation versus YouTube, et cetera, it's gotten literally millions and millions and millions of views. I know. They're big genres. I mean, that's not my biggest field in terms of, but I know it's huge. It's just the whole thing. It's fascinating. It really is fascinating. Yeah, and and I actually have like two Spotify's, and I have two like yeah, I saw, two artist accounts. When yeah, I, when I googled you, it's like, oh my god, there's this list of like all the different places. Yeah, that like oh my god, so, that's a lot of yeah, stuff. Would, would you enjoy that if somebody came up and said, okay, here I'm making a film. Here's basically your free reign, do whatever you want. Would you get a kick out of that? Oh, or? I would, I would love that. And I feel though that the only reason that would happen is because they know my music and they already. Like, they already like what I do. You don't I think do. it would be like, like a Jean-Claude Van Damme <clears throat> thing or something action movie? Or... No, I don't I don't think it would be like... Um, on, wouldn't that be funny, though? It would be interesting. You hear him whooping the shit out of people like, <laughs> in the background. I would, pr- I would definitely question the director, like, why do you want me to do this? You know, um, but no, actually, I would love to do like an action film sometime, but I, I know that that... Is probably not going to happen just because it is so far who, off from who what do we I know? do. Well, Roy Orbison did the fast guitar in the West, where he was a guitar player. And the guitar was a gun. You could do <laughs> something with it comes up on the piano and yeah. Yeah. like a laser gun. Yeah, or something. yeah, it comes up yeah. and there's like a grenade launcher. Anybody hidden. listening out there? We do have filmmaker friends. Hey, <laughs> it sounds like you're saying I'm in the film now, though. I'm not I, just playing. why not? <laughs> he has a cameo, okay, yeah. you know. I love it. I love it. I would love to be in a film one day. If anyone's you looking know? for an actor, actress, I'm here. Anvil chorus. Nothing, ain't got nothing on the grenade launcher piano. <laughs> <laughs> but how, when you when you started writing your own songs and recording, what was how, where? A lot of ways I ask about where do they come from. I find a lot mm-hmm. of them they come to you. And I always mm-hmm. use the example my friend Greg Townsend for the High Risers. He goes drive, driving by, he sees a thing ATM inside, and it became a song. Mm, and yeah. one time he saw somebody throw a cigarette on the road, it became sparks on the highway. One of my friends told me I asked her what her song was about. Oh, this is about somebody I never want to see again. <laughs> yeah. So, I always say, yeah. don't take a songwriter off. For current yeah. events, those are usually depressing songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they just come to you or just like... Um, yeah, they kind of just come to me. I mean, all right, not always. Uh, I mean, I even like as even as far as my songs go, like aside from how they sound, they do come from different sources. I mean, sometimes it's a story that is on the news or like something that I heard that really intrigues me. Sometimes it's what literally it's just me having a conversation with someone and they say a line and I'm like, whoa, that, that's a song lyric. (laughs) You know, that's like, that's a really good line. And I'm like, I don't know what song I'm going to write around that, but I'm going to write something because that's like a great chorus right there. Um, And then sometimes though, it really is like I'm going through something and I'm writing because it's like a way, it's like, free therapy you I've know it's said the cheapest that it is therapy. therapy it's yeah. like people who listen to the songs yeah. also it's therapy because yeah. universally people go through a lot of the same things it's like well, wow right. and you know what did you write the, did you ever get the, did you wait a second did you write that song about me because yeah. exactly no matter what kind of song you write there's going to be somebody out there that feels that exact same thing yeah yeah and and to be honest even if there isn't a single person out there that feels that same thing it's still worth it because you know and i literally had this experience just a few days ago um where 
once I finally write the song and it's on the page and I'm able to play it, it's just weird. It's like, especially if I'm going through a hard time, it's it's almost like I've been able to now take it out of myself and look at it and process it and be like, okay, I can move on now. <laughs> and uh, I think that's like, I mean, that's why people go to therapy. And, you know, right. I think it's really healthy to do that. So honestly, even if there isn't, is not a single person out there who can relate to what I wrote, but it was still like psychologically healthy for me to um, distill all my feelings into a song and look at it and have that like objective point of view and be like, okay, this is all right. And there then can, I can move on. There could be the title of your next song, Musical Therapy. <laughs> I love that though because yeah. it's literally it a really friend is. of mine said yeah. that to me. Was it, a friend of mine said that one time he's actually sending me a message and he like some sentence he writes he goes, "Wow, that could be a song." Yeah, <laughs> you yep. find your influences everywhere. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, which is really cool. But then when I know you do your own recording, really, don't you? You said, yeah. Well, I go into different studios and I work I mean, with so. different engineers, but um, I am like my own producer. I you know find the musicians. I come up with the arrangements um, and then I just work with the right engineers who can pretty much like take direction from me. <laughs> uh, not easy to find. Um, but yeah, so it's a little like in a way I wish I just had my own studio. I had an engineer and I just do everything in one place. But um, I just find that like, you know, certain studios are better for certain things. Like if I'm going to record piano, I'm going to go to a studio that has a great piano and an engineer who really knows how to record a piano. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily like the most streamlined process that I have right now, but, but it's working and I'm happy with the results. So for now it's fine. I'm always ask about equipment. I mean, you have a, sp a preference for what you use or like any old thing laying around, you can make magic out of it or anything. <laughs> well, as far as my equipment goes, it's really just for performing and for songwriting, not for recording um, because, yeah, recording <laughs> equipment is so expensive and I do not have like the money right now to, to do that. Um, so again, that's why I'll go, I work with like there's one person that I do my vocals with because he has like the exact right mic and he really knows how to record vocals. You know what I mean? So all of my equipment is really like, uh, it's really for performing, which doesn't have to be quite as like high quality, you well, know, but it's still good. It's well, good stuff. I like, it's you know? amazing. Like going through the years, I remember <laughs> many bands like decades ago, just to process, you could hear we used to say it would sound local a lot of times. Mm -hmm. because now, and now also, too, you can get your music out there. Where before, you'd be, you check out this band, it's here, and you have to mm -hmm. be going around passing out albums oh, yeah, in the back of your car. Now, all everything. you have to do is just a YouTube channel. Yeah. And I mean, that that's how probably a lot of people get their, get their feet wet in it and get their, you know, the break in there. It's like, hey, I saw you on YouTube. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, even if you can put it on the internet, it's not like people just magically find you. No, I so mean... So there's still that challenge, yeah, I guess. But it, you don't have to do it from a car anymore. Right, so. exactly. You could do it, you know, you could, you know, link it to Facebook. Like, hey, guys, yeah. check me out here. I know, yeah. But you'd be, I mean, not to, like, uh, rant right now, but I guess no, I'm please do. Please it's, do. <laughs> it's still, It's still so hard to get people's attention, understandably, because, oh, you know, you're just, like, flooded with, look at this, look at this, listen to this, watch this, read this <laughs> article. It's, like, constant, nonstop, you know. So um, I still find it hard to just, like grab people's attention and I can't, I'm not like uh, upset about it I mean I understand because it's well, the same with me well, you know? what it is because you have to compete with so much like, yeah. you, like the stuff I follow on YouTube is oh my god like there's a dude 
His shtick is he heats up a big, he heats up a ball of nickel. Huh. Till it's like white hot, and then he puts it on different things. Oh. Like he put it in the jar of natural peanut butter with all the oil, and it just burst into flame. Um. Wow. I mean, it's just that's his whole. YouTube that's his. Channel. That's his channel. There's wow. another guy. He just takes objects and puts them in a big hydraulic press, just to see what happens. He put a bowling ball in there and just watch wow. it explode. It's like, I mean, you know what? I kind of want to see that. Yeah, I know. Actually. It's like it's. It's not very artistic, but good used, God, was that entertaining? I always used to think. I actually had a conversation with a friend one time. We were actually talking about Archimedes of all things. We said, "Look, back." In those days, you might be staring at the sky for 30 years. Now, you're distracted with everything. Oh yeah. It's like, you have this, and that. There's so yeah. many rabbit holes and, you go and down. And then there's a yeah. lot of things you don't want to hear about. <laughs> I know, and it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's a good thing because we have <clears throat> so much information just there for us. You like, have to disseminate free. it, though, too. Yeah, also. disseminating it. And then also, I don't know, is it really good that we're constantly being flooded with information? Like, I actually think being bored and not... Having anything to look at or to do. Well, that's is where creativity comes. Did you ever hear yeah. the stories of when they would they bet a town? You can can you go a month without TV or these things? And what happened? Like some people just lost, but they found out what happened. Families would start playing board games. Actually, mm-hmm. you would talk to people. I know. I, mean, I used yeah. to remember. God forbid. Like years. Like now, you get the text. Get the text. Yeah. Like I'll get send a text. What are we doing? Where are we going? I'll meet you. Yeah. And there would be. I remember. How many years ago, like for the holidays, I would call people I haven't seen. We would talk for hours. Who does that anymore? Oh, yeah. Well, now even when I'm hanging out, this isn't with like all of my friends, but there are definitely certain friends where even I'm hanging out with them and like they're like looking like we're talking and they're looking at their phone mm-hmm. while we're talking. And I'm just like, I've had, how can we have like, like a connection dude, here? The cats on the Internet will be there in an hour. I've had things yeah. where I've been at a restaurant. You will see people there texting each other yeah. at the restaurant. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes we get information is way ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Technology jumps way over it's, us. I mean, yes, I'm still waiting for the flying car of the jet since we've been robbed. <laughs> it was, but, well. but technology overwhelms us and everything, mm-hmm. and it's so much, and everything's out there. And like anybody, you do something now, you walk out of here and spill your coffee, you might be a YouTube sensation. Yeah. You know, somebody spills wow. coffee, runs around. <laughs> yeah. You know, you I know, hope so, that happens. Yeah. Spills coffee and coffee slips person. in it. 27 oh. million. Views. I have to slip in order to get the, all those views. Well, you don't have to fall. Just like the, you, know, the, like, oh. you don't have to do the Pratt fall. Just okay. like, whoa. Okay. Let's make it happen. Like I can use 27 million views. But that's what I try to do. I mean, I try to tell me about it. Because, I mean, I've always been into all the local music and art scene for years. And when I, but I always, when I see somebody new or anything, I try to check them out. And like, yeah. Then I try to tell my friends, hey, come on, check this out. Get going down here. Yeah. Don't go watching, you know, go to your, you know, I always say, too, you could see all so many in this town, I've had friends tell me I used to live in Alexandria, and I'd hit the bookstores a lot. They had like that, but they didn't really have for shows. I have, right. I had friend, actually a friend of mine in Georgia. He loves it, but he says, you know, when you were up here, I could tell you almost every night of the week if there's some genre you want to go see, you <laughs> can see it around here. Mm-hmm. And down there, he didn't have it. I was like, what did you go see recently? Uh, they, oh, I never heard of Anum. <laughs> yeah. And that's why this show has been a benefit for me because I quit searching out new music in about 2003. It's like, I don't care. But yeah. now everything I listen to comes from people. Hey, check this out. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So I now mean, it's at the point where I get to be like the elder statesman, like I told like Jocelyn of Maber, and I'm like, when I met all you guys in 2013, you know, your kids are doing well. Back in my day, <laughs> you're, mm-hmm. we passed the torch on to some really talented <laughs> people. Yeah. Because it is a bastion for all this kind of music and all this kind of talent. I think you can find it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think Rochester has an incredible amount of talent. Now, you do your solo stuff, but you also do collaborations, and you have your band. And Mm -hmm. I know, like, Sarah 
and Brian and I don't know the other band oh, yeah. members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, when I saw you, I was like, hey, I know a couple of your band members. I had helped Brian open the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I don't really have like a set band. I have more, I just call it like my rotating uh, cast of do it. <laughs> musicians. Yeah, because I, I really want to work with the best, but um, especially being new to the area, it's, it's hard to lock down, you know, just like one drummer or one bass player. And to be honest, it's fun at playing with different... Um, musicians anyways so it's a little bit uh there are it's there are downsides to this but so far what i've been doing is yeah just well well, it's like you'll never know where sarah will pop up because i was at a concert for (laughs) during the noon and i hear somebody there with them make sure you stay for the second set sarah's Oh, I yeah, yeah, she, yeah. I think he said Edie. But... Yeah, he probably said Edie. <laughs> like, wow, okay. it's Sarah again. And she was really good. You two did a really yeah. good job there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Adriana and I, we've been uh, we've been doing a couple of shows here and there. Just like, yeah, the thing is, you know, I, I just really like playing with other people and, um, and kind of jumping. I, I really like jumping in and just kind of like jumping in and playing piano or something. That's cool. Yeah, that's what it's, so, it's exactly yeah. the vibe it seemed like. You <laughs> yeah. came in, you raced past you. Just... <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's fun for the audience, too, you know? So even in my own shows, if I can have someone come in and sit on a couple of tunes, um, I'm happy to have that happen because I just think it makes for, like, a more interesting One show. thing I always ask, too, is... I don't know if you have something out of the comfort zone because you have so many genres, but like one of my friends has just started this thing every month where bands and musicians that they do something different. Like for example, her bands almost like you would call like like heavy metal, sludge metal. Mm-hmm. They were doing acoustic and playing and everything. Oh. Is there some genre you'd like to try it that you've never done? Hmm. There's a lot of genres polka. I've never done. Oh, I you know it all has to it's come funny back to the polka. polka. <laughs> I wasn't gonna ever. say polka. I wasn't gonna say polka, but I was gonna say like I would. Okay, I think just in general, doing a genre where there's like no p- piano does not belong in that genre kind of thing. Mm. Um, like I don't know, maybe Archipel. Cajun Zydeco or something. Oh, would that be would really be cool. cool. Yeah, that would be so cool. And and having to play like an accordion or something. You're like saying that. more and yeah. more that cause even there's a thing from David Lee Roth, "Strumming with the Devil," where he does Van Halen mm. bluegrass. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it was my friend. Uh, played last night they did, they did easy by the commodores and i mm-hmm. told them one of my favorite versions of one of their songs is sail on by the super suckers where they take it and they make it country mm-hmm. and it just sounds so because i always think like with you from what i've heard is i always say look, with covers you sort of you you adapt them you make them your own in yeah. a way oh yeah yeah i never i do not like doing covers like i'm not even just to be honest like no offense to all the people doing this cuz there's a lot of people doing this but all i'm really offense. i'm not interested in tribute shows where all you're doing is like you're trying to like replicate the album i, I just don't i don't it, for it's not for me no it's i just think there's a, i've always found there's a passion with doing your own music and i've seen mm-hmm. some great and yes they're very good a lot of them they do a yeah. very good job i know some of my friends they they do both yeah they do a very good job but i've seen bands also where i knew people who were very accomplished musicians and they would do just that and there wasn't really a passion to it there was yeah we're playing we're good we can do the notes yeah but when you do something that's your own you bring that in, and then you feel you could tell that something's <laughs> right. with that, that this is coming from the heart and from you well and also like i think because ultimately above everything else i do consider myself to be a songwriter like above everything else so so for me it's not even like oh i would never do a tribute show it's more of like if i were to do a tribute show i'd be tributing the songs and i wouldn't be tributing like the way that it was recorded I would be like, 
I don't know. Like I, I've thought about, you know, okay, I would do maybe like a Paul Simon tribute show. I would do a, all of the songs that I feel like represent as much of him as a songwriter, which means not just the popular ones, also the newer ones, the stuff that that only his like real fans listen to. And I wouldn't just do it exactly like the recording because honestly, I don't know. I just feel like then it's not like you're really tributing the song itself. Um, so I'd probably just make different. Yeah, I would make different versions. The recent, of the actually, songs. there's a recent bio on him that was very good. It was very insightful into mm-hmm. all his music and everything. Because I think he got put up there like one of the best songwriters of the century. In terms oh yeah, of I mean I think so. And He's my with, hero. The whole so. thing with him and Artie too <laughs> is, I mean, there was like a little bit of the problems with them is because he didn't write, mm-hmm. and he had a sort of. That there's always a thing giving to depend on somebody to write the songs. He's, mm-hmm. No doubt he's got a great voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, with Paul's songs, with the irony and everything, every time oh, yeah. you hear him, there's something different. <laughs> yeah, well, and his songs are, he's a chameleon himself. Like, his songs are so, they're all so different. Listening to all of his songs throughout the years, they just, it's not like there's one sound. There is kind of like, it's Paul. It's still Paul. See, but, that's the thing. <clears throat> but it feels different, you know, genre-wise. Yeah. And still, I can always picture him coming out on a certain night live in the turkey suit, singing mm-hmm. still crazy all these years. <laughs> and trying to do it, and the way he did it was perfect because he just didn't laugh. He, did, he just said, everybody's laughing their heads <laughs> off. <laughs> Wait, when was this? I never You can saw Google this. this. I'll, actually, oh, I you know, will I'll, Google I'll send this. you a clip. I'll send Is you this on clip. TV? You can. He did. He came on a Saturday Night Live one time. Like he a long dressed, time ago. Yes, I can. I'll, I'll send you the oh, clip. Please do. <laughs> and please it was. Do. He comes out. He's just dressed in a turkey suit. And he starts yeah. singing "Still Crazy" all these years. And he oh, sings man. it straight. Yeah. And people are just busting up. Well, that's oh a, my god. That's a mark of a talent. Yeah, you, you can do something that ridiculous and not break at all. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it. It's. It's amazing. Okay, I, I it is to, amazing. That's actually my favorite song of his, so I'm gonna have to see this myself. I mean, just yeah. for him to come out and do that song is fine, but the turkey suit is like because <laughs> those were the original things I heard of him was that period, like "Slip Out the Back," Jack, no, oh one, yeah, and all those. Because those, yeah. then I went back to Simon and Garfunkel, and then mm-hmm. forward, and then my one of my roommates in college was obsessed with Graceland, so I heard mm-hmm. it, and then yeah. the Rhythm of the Saints. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I heard, so I heard those albums a thousand. And I always like "Diamonds on the Soles of My Shoes" for some reason. I okay. like that song. Yeah. Yeah, and just the way he incorporated the music with the, everything was just fantastic. Because everybody just knows that you can call me Al because of the video. Yeah, a lot more, and he does some Zydeco, like Zydeco. On I know. Too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's got stuff that's very gospel inspired. He's got like, I mean, he's really got like. So so much, and he could be funny because he did one song called "Allergies," which is mm-hmm. just he start maladies stuck on my skin, <laughs> <laughs> and that was like I think it was on Hearts and Bones. I'm pretty sure. Okay. But then yeah. I like his more recent one. I do like the Christmas song on his last album was really good. I thought. Oh yeah. I can't think of the title of it. Yeah, so. I think that's what's amazing about him. He just keeps like writing just amazing stuff. It's not like getting as much attention, I guess, as like. The classics, care. But you know, that's the thing. No, I think he does care. He does, you think? I watched, hmm. I watched um, an interview that he did like a year ago, and uh, you know, I think he cares. I think he, um, he said it pretty bluntly. I don't, rem- I don't want to quote him because I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was definitely along the lines of like how he's kind of frustrated that Sorry, he's Paul. writing, he's writing the best. He feels he's writing the best stuff now, but people still just want to hear, you know, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Right, that's because I know some people because I've heard bands say that where they're glad to play the old stuff, but they they don't want to be in, they call an old music. They want to keep. They don't want to just go yeah. around like Mike Love does or something yeah. where he's playing these great songs, but it's nothing. They want to keep. Okay, yes, we're 
fine playing the old stuff. And of all things, like one of my some of my friends loved Duran Duran. Mm -hmm. So we saw them at the casino. And the first thing Simon Levon says, he comes down and he goes, oh, don't worry, we're going to play the old stuff. But then they want to play the new stuff, yeah. too. They used to yeah. want to go around playing those old songs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which is cool, you know. And if yeah. you want to just play the old stuff, you know, you want to just play, play. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But is this, have you recorded more? I have your CD, which mm -hmm. I thought was very good. Thank you. And this is, have you recorded anything else, or is this? Um, well, yeah, so I have, like, a single that I just put out. Um, and then I actually have two albums before Dreams on Hold. Um, I One of them is a, <clears throat> it's like a piano vocal album it's literally just it's just very stripped down it's supposed to be more of like a showcase of my songwriting um and i have a very limited i actually just sold my very last physical copy of it because i made an extremely limited um run of like physical copies of that so but you can listen to it on spotify and stuff like that i released that i want to say 2017 and then um a couple years before that i released uh my first ep like under my name called borderland and uh that was my first effort it's still on spotify people still like want it to be on there because they're like oh there's this few songs that i really love from it but probably in a few years i'll probably take it down so. i know like I, like one of my friends, like, now, one of folks what i don't know one of my dear friends like i i love her first album but she pretty much doesn't acknowledge it anymore i think because she's mm -hmm. she thinks she's grown as an artist but mm -hmm. i mean i i think it's very good and i think some people will find that but then you just move yeah. on sometimes and go well, well this is especially your first time doing something you always yeah look back at it as it's your first time you <laughs> right well and for me that that album um was my first time like really producing my own album and I even mixed it myself I had someone master it but um so it was more of like the production value was not it's just not uh up to par you know what I it sounds like to me is Pat Denizio <laughs> from the Smithereens made one in his basement on his piano oh yeah did and, you wait so did you hear this album that I'm talking about no that one I, oh okay I'll listen to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you don't need to listen to it. Oh, I have to listen to it. I'm a completist. But if, but Pretend if, we've never had but this if people, conversation. But if people ever get down on you for that, it's like, oh, what was your first album like? Oh, it hasn't come out yet? Okay. Oh, for sure. No, I, actually, like, no one's I, ever I said no, anything no. negative. Yeah. I, I, yeah. This is a very cute album cover, too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> What's with the little kids and the butterflies and the birds and everything? <laughs> so those are actually my kids. Um, Aw. Yeah. Are that small? They could fit on the album cover? Yes. <laughs> yes, they're that small. So um, so the album is called Dreams on Hold, for anyone who doesn't know. and it's, Pick it up when you see your good. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like about um pretty much most of the songs are about um my struggles with with being a mother but also having these like big dreams for myself and yeah that sort of juxtaposition of dreams and responsibility so it's called dreams on hold and the title track dreams on hold is really kind of sums it all up um where I say like I'll put my dreams on hold for oh. you, and I've I've <laughs> the first time when I when I started playing that song, it's funny because everyone was like, "Oh, you put your dreams on hold for your husband or for your boyfriend?" Or I'm like, "Hell no, I wouldn't put my dreams on hold." For, but my no. God, why would any person do that? It's for the kids. I know. I'm Come like, on. that's not romantic. There's nothing romantic about that. Plus, I think sometimes um, albums they turn into yeah. semi-concept albums, even though you don't expect it because you're yes, in that frame yeah. of mind when you're writing the songs. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I just happened to be writing a lot of songs that 
again, it was it was my like free therapy sessions with myself um, where I'm just kind of trying to process that it's not like, okay, dreams on hold, it's more dramatic than what it really is. It's not like I'm not pursuing my goals, but the thing is when you have like a big responsibility in your life, like little kids, you just can't, uh, you can't just, I don't know, live out of a van and the, travel the, the country. The one I think about is um, Hayes yeah. Carl's album before his new one, where it was very good, but I'm just listening to it and mm-hmm. saying, wow, I don't know what he's going through, because this is dark. Yeah, this yeah. This is really, and then he must have got happier because his next one's back to normal. But oh, yeah. This was so hey, every, dark. Everybody can have an off period. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love some of the dark stuff. I mean, my favorite Beck album is Sea Change. I don't know if you guys listen to Beck. I listen to Beck a lot. Sea Change, I just absolutely... And that's that's a sad, sad, sad album. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. That's the thing. By the way, anyone listening who doesn't know, my album is not sad, though. Like, that's the thing. No, it's not. Your music, that's the one thing. It is not sad. No, no. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Like, this album is very tongue-in-cheek. My next one might be sad. We'll see. But this this one's kind of like... It is sort of, there is like a dark side to it, but I'm kind of like making fun of my own um, dark thoughts, I suppose. I mean, we can find you playing at a lot of places as well. I see your Mm -hmm. name pop up and thing. And you also, you're playing a couple gigs with Miss Tess, aren't you? Um, Yeah, I'm going to open for Miss Tess uh, on, gosh, I hope I get this right. Look it up, by the way. (laughs) Look it up, just in case. March 26th at the Sportsman Tavern in Buffalo. So that'll actually be my first like official show in I've played in Buffalo for like you know just kind of like gigs I guess you could say but this will be my first like actual under my name um show in Buffalo opening for Miss Tess so I'm very excited and I, about I, it. I she's a favorite of mine and you'll go very well together too I must say I I thought so yeah and that that's kind of what I wrote to her I I like you know pitched her the idea um now you guys get to see like behind the curtain what's really <gasps> happening um I just kind of wrote to her not knowing her and I know that she went to Berkeley and I went to Berkeley too so I was like hey I'm also a Berkeley alum I kind of think our music might go well together and she listens to it I guess and she's like yeah and I'll, say, right. and I'll okay. say, I even know yeah. how to pronounce your last name correctly. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I remember know. when she was Miss Tess in the Bond Bond Kings. And I've seen her. Oh. I saw her when she opened for Eel and Jewel, and I've seen her tons of times. Oh, okay. And always. Yeah. I just think her stuff's great. She's another one. Every album's different, and every album's cool. Yeah, I, I'm i only familiar with two albums, and even those two albums. New one like, coming yeah. out. I think this is on this tour. Yeah, I think it just, I think it was just released, or it will be released later yep. this month. Yeah. No, she's she's great. I think she's um, she's probably a little more reined in musically than I am, but she also seems to have you know like a blending of I would say kind of classic vocal jazz and country and like rockabilly and yeah. What I love to see now, like five years from now, watching you go as an artist to see what are you going to do next? What are you? Mm-hmm. It just it's always fun to get in on that level and say, I remember back with this, <laughs> and then look at this. And yeah. When you did that, that's always cool. And I think that's part of the creativity and the fun of it. And really, go check Sarah out. You can find her in many, many places around Links here. below. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'm also, yeah. I think my, well, my next show is the Miss Test show. But I'm also um, playing, for anyone listening, I'm going to be doing the Eric Clapton tribute show at the Love and Cup on March 27th. I actually noticed you were there. Yes, yeah. I had that on my yeah. calendar. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, ex- I'm gonna, really excited Oh, that's good that because show. you can actually talk about moving it, your guitar to keyboard. <laughs> um, 
Well, I'm not going to play guitar for the Arab I know. It's going to be keyboard, okay. though. You're going to do it. It's going to be It's going to be keyboard. Yeah. Slovenian well, keyboard. I'm going to. Yeah, I will be. I'll be the secondary keyboardist. There's actually like a main. Um, I'm not in the house band. I'm going to be primarily singing, actually. Uh, but I will be doing secondary keyboards for a bunch of stuff. And uh, and then April 4th, I'm opening for the um, Slambovian Circus of Dreams, Gandalf Murphy and the Slambovian Circus of Dreams. If you haven't heard of them, you should check them out. Just because of the name. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the name alone yeah. is warranted yeah. looking up. No, they're, they're um, amazing. I've been their fan for like 15 years now, and um, they're playing at the Geneseo Riviera, and they are very kindly. They never, ever, ever have openers, but they're kindly letting me open for go. them. That's so, cool. Yeah, that's but April 4th. Silly. Thanks for coming on. But, and yeah, thanks for Real having quick, me. Real quick, one thing before we log it out. As a pianist, Steinway mm-hmm. versus Yamaha. Oh, gosh. I'm... I, or Harley I, Davidson. Okay. I yeah. mean, like, I can... I have a Yamaha, and that's a lot of times what I end up playing, but I'm definitely a Steinway girl. I mean, yeah. it's a classic, but everybody forgets one of the biggest manufacturers of pianos is Yamaha. Oh, absolutely. A lot oh, of people forget yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, and absolutely. easily. Thanks a lot, though. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. And now, why you don't you... That you're much you better to do it. Why don't you introduce yes, the single? That new single so you mentioned a few up. minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I just released um, a new song. It's called Pour Over Me, and... Uh, all the musicians on this are all, like, it's an all-star Rochester lineup, so I hope you like it. Oh, you will, and yeah. you'll hear it, and here we go with uh, Pour Over Me, and thank you, Sarah, and yeah, thank, um, you. thank you. <laughs> Adios. collect 